Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And what a week it is to talk politics. What a day it is to try and mix a little bit of the two, politics and football. Certainly going to be great. We have been partying like it's 1999. That's Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown before the rally on City Hall steps, uh, or inside City Hall on Friday. He's made a bet, by the way, with, uh, with the folks down in Jacksonville. If we lose today, we're sending them wings and buffalo beer, but uh, he also says, of course, that that's not going to happen. Throughout the program this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about bills. Uh, you've heard on the program before, we've had Ken Cruley on. He writes a, a blog called Politics and Stuff. For local politics, it's pretty cool, and he will be the first to admit that the stuff part of that is primarily football. We'll have Ken on at the bottom of the hour. <laughs> he had something interesting this week, just sort of an offhand mention about uh, politics. He said, now, when you look at the way things have turned around and the way candidates uh, certainly talk about turnaround, that uh, maybe it's time to start considering Sean McDermott for president. <laughs> so we'll talk about that a little bit before the next uh, hour is done here. I want to talk more about Albany, though. It seems as if uh, the state of the state message uh, was something that prompted a lot of focus on Governor Cuomo this week. One person who's been focusing a lot of his attention on the governor is former state senator Terry Gibson. He is a Democrat. And, Terry, I want to get it uh, clear up front because I, I've seen some things that say you're considering running. I've seen other things that say you've announced. Are you running for governor as a Democrat against Andrew Cuomo? Thanks for being with us, by the way. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, we're running. You know, I, it's uh, always interesting how different people perceive that. You know, it's uh, it's a monumental task, what we're trying to do here. And so the first part of this has really been just trying to get across the state as fast as possible to as, meet as many people as we can. And, and toward that end, you were in the Buffalo area just before the holidays meeting with supporters of uh, the Bernie Sanders-affiliated groups. Uh, you think that the, the I don't want to call them maybe the arch-progressives, but the, the liberals are the key to your victory? Well, yes. Absolutely. Uh, we have to win a very competitive primary, obviously. And when you look at the numbers, you look at what Zephyr Teachout did in 2014, you see that the window of opportunity really for any opposition is the progressive left groups that really supported Bernie Sanders and feel very much that New York State uh, needs to really reform its way of governing so that it serves all the people instead of just the wealthy. And if we can harness that group of people, we feel like we can be very competitive, and I think that's going to really fall to anyone that tries to do this. The governor's State of the State message this week talked a lot about some of the things that I'm, I'm sure those progressives would embrace, uh, helping the least among us, making sure that we reach out to uh, diversity. He even had a line in there, something to the effect of, diversity is something we celebrate here in New York, not uh, denigrate as they do on the national level. Do you think he's too much of a centrist? Has he tossed the appropriate bones to the progressives? Where is he on the scale? And, and I guess what I'm really asking is, why are you running? Well, I think that all elected officials should be given a limited amount of time to do the best that they can. And I think that he's had that time. He's been in office since 2011. And I think that he's had great opportunities 
with a great amount of resources at its disposal to move our state in a direction that would work for all New Yorkers. And I think that he's failed to do that on many fronts. Is he too too conservative for you? Is he too much of a, uh, a Republican-leaning Democrat? You know, I don't like to put labels on people like that. I don't. That doesn't really, I, I think, work well for what we're doing. I think it's just about results. You know, what I see is that there's still too many people that are having difficulty being able to afford to pay their property taxes, being able to afford to put food on the table for their families, still looking for good-paying jobs, and still trying to get a better quality education in the public school system. And I think those are all things that link back to the executive leaders and our state leaders. And I think at some point in time, you need new leadership, and that's really what our campaign is all about. Let me uh, assume that maybe I put the cart before the horse here. Uh, I wanted to lead with the the more interesting stuff, but let's let's get the basic facts out there too. Who is Terry Gibson? Give me the thirty second bio, if you will. Well, I grew up in Texas actually, and uh, worked my way up to New York about twenty four years ago. I spent a summer in Buffalo actually in nineteen ninety four. I I came here uh, by way of the theater industry. I'm a scenic designer by training, and I came to New York to work in the Broadway theatrical business and worked at a, a theater in Buffalo that summer. And over a slow period of time, after having uh, established that career and using my creativity to do so, I found that in my local community here in Rhinebeck, where I currently live in Hudson Valley, there was uh, a need for more creativity in our local government. I got involved in politics locally and found myself running for the state senate. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that always tries to find creative solutions to complex problems. That's what I've done my entire life, and that's what I'm trying to do here in this campaign. What is the one thing that a Governor Terry Gibson would do that a Governor Cuomo has not or would not? Well, I really want to see us return our government back to the people. I feel as if the governor has spent a lot of time bringing in uh, big corporations, big special interests, and has really given our power as individuals away to them. I feel like that the corporations, the big special interests, really have a seat at the budgetary table in a way that the people no longer have. And I think the biggest difference is that I want to just return the government back to the people in a way that they haven't seen in quite some time. Talk about health care, because I know on your visit to Buffalo, that was one of the things you mentioned uh, most when you were meeting with the uh, Liberty Union progressives. Well, I mention it because everywhere I go, it's what people want to talk about. No matter what part of the state you're in, people are unhappy with the quality of health care that they're getting, the cost of the health care, and they want to see that transformed. And they're really concerned that the federal government is no longer in a position to do that for them. And it seems like the federal government is really just getting out of the business of governing when you really look at it. And it, it's going to fall to the states to find a way to provide the things that we typically look at the federal government for. And that's going to include health care. So uh, I do support uh, universal health care. I do support uh, Medicare for all. I, I support uh, the New York Health Act. Um, there's a variety of ways we can go about this. The uh, the current tax bill that uh, just came out of Washington has, has greatly complicated all of these things. And so uh, the job's even harder than it was. But we're going to have to find a way to make sure that all New Yorkers have access to good quality health care. Interesting to hear you say that because I think a lot of the debate has obviously been done on the federal level. This is a state issue. There are things the state can do. Elaborate for me. Well, uh, in regards to health care, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, where, what, what do you see New York State able to do in terms of reforming health care in the ways that you talked about, access for all, et cetera? Well, I think we just need to set up a system so that we're no longer relying on this clunky system of insurers and uh, private companies and Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, it's very combobulated, and I think that the state has the financial resources, especially with the millionaires and billionaires in New York City, to provide uh, every New Yorker with stable, efficient, quality health care from the day they're born to the day that they leave this, this planet. You want a New York State single-payer system? 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right. And I think there's a variety of ways that we can do that. As I mentioned, there's this New York Health Act that's been passed in the Assembly and um, is a real model for that. Uh, it, the, the question always comes about how we're going to pay for these things, and that's that's where uh, this, this current tax bill, the federal government, has really complicated things. But I've always believed that when you look at the numbers, New York State has always fallen short of the revenue that it needs to implement really progressive legislation because it costs money. If you look at what uh, the wealthy pay, it's always – uh, in terms of percentages, really not fair compared to what people in the middle class are paying. And I've always said that we've got to make sure that everybody's paying their fair share. When we do that, the millionaires and billionaires in New York City will be able to really help us provide for all New Yorkers instead of just uh, themselves. Elaborate on that, because I've always heard it said that, that New York State and, and indeed the feds have a, a small p progressive tax system in that there are brackets. You make more, you pay more. Uh, what did you just mean when you said that they're they're not my words not yours? Some uh, trying to paraphrase here, not paying their share. Well, it's all relative. But if you look at the New York State uh, tax brackets, uh, the person that makes uh, over a million dollars only pays about two percent more than the person that makes twenty thousand dollars of the state tax brackets. So there are multiple brackets, but when you're putting about two percent between a million dollars and twenty thousand dollars. That is uh, not what I would consider to be a fair share. Obviously, 2% to somebody that makes $20,000 is a lot more important than somebody that makes a million dollars. So it's all relative how you look at it. But I think that the brackets need to be more progressive. There needs to be more brackets. Um, I don't want anyone to pay more than their fair share. I, I think you know we need to be reasonable about this. But I think that when you look at the kind of tax breaks that those who are making a million dollars and above are getting, um, you, you see that uh, it's too much of just paying for the day-to-day operation of the state is following is falling to the the hardworking middle class of the state, and that's just not fair, and it's not working because we have a huge deficit now. If if your argument is equality, why not just get rid of all the deductions and have uh, equitable brackets where uh, poor guy, middle class guy, and rich guy are all paying roughly the same percentage, but the loopholes go away on the upper side. I'm open to all solutions, I'll tell you that. I'm open to all solutions. What we have to do is to find a way to bring more revenue into the state so that we can fund things like health care programs, fully fund our public schools, really deal with infrastructure across the state in a, an effective way. So I'm open to anything that will do that in a fair way. Uh, I, I just do think that we also need to find ways to make sure that the cost of living for the average New Yorker, the average homeowner, um, is, is not going up. And if we can make it go down, even better. And, and those who can afford to pay more, especially those who live in the penthouses in New York City, I think we need to make sure they're paying their fair share. So I'm open to any option that would achieve that goal. Former State Senator Terry Gibson is with us. He's running for governor as a Democrat, launching a primary challenge against Governor Andrew Cuomo. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, he's with us till the bottom of the hour, so now would be the time to maybe jump to it. 803-0930 is the number. Terry, let's say we get more money coming in. What do we spend it on? Is it strictly uh, increased taxes in order to go to a single-payer health care system in New York State? Or do you see other areas where the government just is not doing enough? Well, I think uh, for me the top priority is public education. I think you have to start with education because if you're not making sure that every child in the state has access to good, quality, outstanding education experience, then it's really hard to expect that we can achieve all the other goals we have. An educated society an inspired society is really key to economic growth. And I think that New York State um, has a history of having quality education, but in, in recent decades, it's really begun to slip. And certainly in uh, communities of color, um, you're finding uh, schools that are really not producing the types of results that, that we need to, to do. 
And I think that the state has to get serious about making sure that every single school gets the funding that it needs in its neighborhood um, to provide the quality of education uh, specific to those individuals in those communities. And, and we haven't done that. We've tried to standardize our education process, and it's really uh, worked against uh, the idea of inspiring our students to be individual creative thinkers, which I think is incredibly important. If we want to create more jobs, if we want more people to have access to to more resources, then we have to inspire our students to be creative, imaginative thinkers so they go out into the workforce and maybe even create products that will create jobs. And I think public schools where we can do that. In order to fund those things, you've already talked a little bit about changing taxes. Are we uh, required or should we cut certain things that the government is now funding in order to fund those? Or are you someone that just wants the government to do more? Well, I have always said that I am the type of uh, Democrat that does not necessarily judge uh, the size of government. I just want government to be effective. If there are things that we are spending money on in state government that are not effective, that are not producing results, then I have no problem looking at uh, ways to uh, better use those resources. Can you name one yet now, though, as part of your campaign? I can't name something that I would cut right now uh, because I'm more interested in making sure that we fund the things that aren't being funded that are really important, such as education and health care. I certainly think that once I am in the executive office, we will sit down with our team and certainly find places where we could trim things that maybe aren't working. But I don't suspect, based on my experience in state government, that you can trim the budget enough uh, to really make up for the deficit we have and provide funding for education and health care. I don't, I don't think that's going to be possible. I think even if you do find wasteful spending, which I'm, I'm sure there is some, I don't think it's going to be enough to really produce the types of funding results that we need. Talk about the practical nature of all of this, uh, the, the, the political process. Have you approached the Democratic Party? Uh, is there a, a progressive group out there ready to come to your aid, or are they looking at you as just sort of the guy on the side that's challenging Governor Cuomo? Well, in New York State, we don't really have a Democratic Party. We have uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo's party. He's the state party leader. He controls the party. So uh, w- that's one of the problems that Demo- Democrats have had in this state is that they haven't been able to get Democrats elected to key positions across the entire state on a consistent basis, and therefore our party is incredibly weak. Uh, we have congressional districts where we ought to have Democrats in them. We have state senate districts where we ought to have Democrats in them. Um, same thing with city council and, and county legislatures. But uh, the governor has not taken an interest in building the party, and so therefore there really is no party, and the party leadership is completely beholden to him. So have I approached the party? No, because the party... Because you know that that wouldn't get you anywhere. Right. Okay. What we're doing is we're approaching those individuals that want to reform the party, that want to see the Democratic Party actually operate more like the Republican Party. Look, you got to give the Republicans credit. They understand how to build a party and use it in a way to get people elected. They understand that if you're running for dog catcher or for president, it's in their best interest to try to find a way to help you because building that bench, making sure that they get people in at every level of government is the best way to make sure their party stays in power. And they've done a great job of it. And uh, I'm meeting with groups that want to see our party reform to work like that as well, so that so that the state party is helping people get elected to all levels of government and isn't just uh, controlled by one individual. And uh, so there are lots of groups out there like that. And there are some Democratic committees that feel that way, too. But you have to understand that any Democratic committee that stands up to the governor and stands up to that, that committee uh, chain of power, you know, is going to receive the wrath of the governor because... Um, that is not acceptable within the way that the system is currently set up. So, In light of this, I don't mean to make light of your candidacy, but do you think you can win, or are you really just in it because you'd like to try and pull the governor and the existing Democratic Party maybe a little bit more to the left to the more progressive side? 
Yes, I, I absolutely think that we can win, and I think that there is a viable path to victory, and it is based on those individuals that are very unhappy with the current state of the, of the state Democratic Party. Talk about that. Uh, on the federal level, there's always this discussion about how the, the National Democratic Party is kind of split between the Hillary Clintonites and the Bernie Sanderites. Is there a similar parallel here uh, between between the uh, the Cuomo-centrist Democrats and your side of the equation? You know, the, 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 the Bernie-Hillary thing, I'm finding that that's kind of fading. That's not being talked about so much more. It's more about the corporate Democrats versus just the Democrats that want to serve the people. Um, the, the, the governor is a corporate Democrat. He's primarily supported by large corporations. That's where the, most of his campaign funding comes from. The groups that we're meeting with want to see candidates that are supported by the people, um, that rely on small-dollar contributions, that, that won't accept uh, money from corporations. That's one of the things my campaign is doing, is that we do not accept uh, contributions from corporations. So we are trying to lay the groundwork to, to reform the party in a way that it really does serve the people. We think it's very doable, and yes, we are meeting with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that feel this way, and it is um, no secret that um, the party has really become uh, dysfunctional and ineffective, and needs to be rebuilt, and having a new leader to do that is absolutely key. And I think many people understand that. What's your path to victory? Is that group of people large enough to push you over the finish line? It is, because unfortunately, uh, because of our regressive voting rules here in New York State, nobody really votes in our primaries. If you, if you look back, um, all the way back as far as they keep records as Board of Elections, uh, gubernatorial primaries uh, typically generate somewhere between 15 and 10 percent voter turnout. It's uh, it's pathetically low. Um, th- that needs to change, and the way to do that is to get people elected that want to change their voting laws to make it easier to vote. But uh, on, on I guess the bright side, if there is one, y- you don't need a lot of people to win a primary. I mean, if you can get 350 to 400,000 individuals to come out and vote for you, um, you're you're in a winning position. Now that's sad in a state of almost 20 million people, and and out of you know almost I think maybe five million uh, active Democrats. That's pretty pathetic, but. That is, on the other hand, the key to victory. So we're looking um, for those 400,000 people, and uh, we think we know where they are, and that's where we're spending the bulk of our time right now. And similarly, that's where you go to gather your petitions to even get on the ballot, right? Uh, well, the petitioning process uh, requires that you get a certain amount of signatures out of every congressional district, so that that's not really optional. So By, by, by that's where, though, I wasn't talking so much geography, but in terms of ideology. Uh, you're, you're approaching progressive groups, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but the petitioning process is not really connected to that because we have to get petitions out of every part of the state. Do you have an organization, per se? Yes, we do. We have an organization that's primarily staffed by volunteers right now, although we do have a few staff members. And we are trying uh, something different for the moment, which is trying to delegate as much of the responsibility day-to-day to uh, very interested and active and qualified volunteers that want to play a role in the campaign. Um, at some point, we're going to bump that up to a higher level, but right now, we're trying very much to keep it a grassroots organization. And I know that this probably gives you a perfect talking point for campaign reform. But I got to ask you, you do know you're going up against $27 million in a Cuomo war chest, don't you? Well, look, the race to see who can win the most money has already been won. Uh, I think, you know, the other candidates you're talking to today will tell you that, too. That's that. If you want to send the governor a congratulations card on that, that's been done. He's raised the most money. He's raised enormous amounts of money from, from wealthy people and big corporations. Nobody's going to be able to compete with him in the party. This is a race for the hearts and minds of the people in New York. That's what we're doing, whether it's a Republican candidate, a Democratic candidate. We're running for the hearts and minds of the people. And the candidate that can inspire the people with a message that resonates with them 
will uh, beat this governor and lead the state in a new direction. And I think it's an exciting time for both parties. And, and I encourage anybody who wants to get involved in this process to do it because we've got to find a way to reform the state to make it work for the people. What did you think about the governor's state of the state message this week? Was there one thing he said in there that you really liked and any other thing that you really did not? Well, the only thing that I liked that was new uh, because, you know, everything else had been said before. Everything else had been said before over and over and over again, so it was just rehash of, of other speeches. So at some point you just kind of quit listening because we don't see the results. Um, I do like this approach, this concept of reforming our tax code. He did mention that. Mm-hmm. I do think that that's something that we need to take a look at. I had already been talking about that for a long time. Uh, what's unfortunate is that we have waited for this crisis that Washington has created to do that, and that's what's 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 upsetting to me, and I think to me, New Yorkers, is that why do we have to wait for a crisis? This governor's had since 2011 to look at our tax code. We've all known that the tax code was in great need of reform. Now, finally, as we're pushed to the edge of a cliff, we're going to do something about it. But I do think that the time is right to do it, and so I'm interested to see what kind of ideas they come up with. And the other side of that argument that that uh, is always raised, though, is why is New York State such a high-tax state? Why why worry about the ability to deduct when you could just help taxpayers by lowering taxes? Buck back against that a little bit if you can. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of answers uh, to that question. It's not just one thing, but I do think that one place that we've always failed to look at is how we fund our public education program. The idea that we rely so heavily on property taxes to fund public education, I think, has always been problematic and has always been one of the reasons that we have such a high cost of living here. And I, I, not only should we reform the tax code, but we should reform how we fund education too. And I think the two are, are directly linked. Because the more the state can take over direct funding of schools by bringing more revenue, the more we can reduce property taxes. And so I think um, that would be my short answer to that question. All right, Terry, we are all out of time. Thanks for spending a little bit of it with us. Terry Gibson is a former state senator running as a Democrat against Governor Andrew Cuomo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.